Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Welcome back to the Transforming the Toddler Years podcast. This is another special episode that we have every once in a while where you get to listen in on a live coaching session between myself and a mama who is brave enough to share her struggles with you. So if you can relate, you can also take away some actionable perspective and some strategies to help yourself feel more grounded in your day. If you're not already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button, follow the show, leave a review, make sure that you are sharing with your mama friends who need to be here with us, engaging and learning as we transform these toddler years together. I have a very special mama here with me today, and she is going to share something that a lot of you are going through or have gone through. And we're going to talk about how to move through it in a way that's really soulful and honors her and her daughter. Lexi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited and appreciate your generous offer to lead me through this discussion today. Yeah. So why don't you share with everyone what's going on and just where you are right now? Yes. So I have a daughter. She is named Ashlyn and her first birthday is about two weeks away. And I never set out with a specific goal in mind as it pertains to breastfeeding. Um, I really didn't. I I did not know how it would go. Here we are. I've been now breastfeeding two weeks shy of one year. And I am in the process of weaning her off the breast. And there's a, I'm realizing a whole bunch of stuff that is coming up with that process um, for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is, I mean, it's a physiological experience, right? It starts out at the beginning of her life as basically survival. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into nutrition and then the emotional components of connectedness and that this is a shared experience just deepens and deepens and deepens. And then you become almost like a soother. She comes to you when she starts toddling around, right? Later on, nine, 10 months and, oh, I'm not, I'm having a minute. I think I need mom and I might actually need a little nip. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me feel needed. And I think one of the fears or resistance I'm having in this, this process is, when I fully stop, she's not going to need me anymore. And I'm not, you know, I know like objectively that's not true, but there, she definitely comes to mama for comfort right now. And that's something that I'm not ready to let go of. There's a lot of parts of breastfeeding that I'm ready to let go of. And then there's a lot of the emotional stuff that I'm finding harder than I could have anticipated. So let's separate them out. Why don't you talk first about the parts of breastfeeding you are ready to let go of and why one year seems to be the mark that makes the most sense for you? Yeah. So my life has 
revolved around milk production for the last year and how I time out my day for work and how I time out my social activities and the diet that I consume and how I lay out my day. And it almost in a way has made me a bit more neurotic about how I schedule things because I'm, I'm being forced to, and then, you know, it's also, there's a, a physical element to it as well. And I'm ready to have full control of my body again and not have to consistently be thinking in three to four hour increments and being so obsessive over milk production and okay, okay I've had a drink. Now I need to wait X amount of time and now I can't drink for this. And oh, how are we going to do, you know, the breastfeeding here and just all the, the complicated parts of it. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to, we have some traveling coming up here starting in April that her being off my breast will make me less neurotic about that whole process. Because man, traveling with breastfeeding has been a huge pain point too. And just being able to carry milk because um, we do do bottle for some of them. Um, so I've had to always transfer milk and carry it and transport it back and forth. So I'm looking long story long and looking forward to being rid of the complicated side of it. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, you also need to know that Lexi is not just an amazing conscious mom. She also is a badass business owner. <laughs> so you have so many irons in the fire and I understand that the logistics, it's time to move past that. Um, so continuing on, we'll tease that out just a little more. Are you someone who tends to like a hard finish to things or is there a flexibility of this transition that you feel like you could embrace knowing it could take three weeks or a month to get all the way there? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think traditionally in other categories of my life, I'm certainly more hard set. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm like thinking through when I ended relationships in the, in the past, they were done right then. No lingering. I came about with the relative March being my month of weaning. And now I'm already halfway through March. And now I'm starting to be like the date I'm going towards is I want to be done by our first trip in April, which is the third week of April. So I long, I'm basically beating around the bush. I do like hard set dates, but I also am realistic in understanding this process is taking longer than I would have thought. Okay. It's great to know that about yourself, but also know that you're willing to flex into what the reality is, because let's be real, right? From the minute you became a mom, that was pretty much the, the ride is, oh, wait, I thought I had control over everything. I have control over nothing. Yeah. So we'll do one more in this category, which is what are the action steps that you have taken to start the wean? Like how many times a day were you? How many times a day are you now? So she was breastfed from direct breasts for all but one feeding. So three feedings a day was from the breast morning, afternoon. And then she had breast milk via a bottle. That's actually at night, which is something we started very early on to involve my husband in the process to make him have an opportunity. So what I have now done this month is on the days I have my nanny, instead of the 11 o'clock hour being direct to breast, I'm having her feed breast milk via bottle. So that's one change we made. And we also changed the nighttime 
it transitioned from all milk to like a, a hybrid formula milk mix. And now we're trying to do the night feeding as all formula because at some point I'm going to run out of breast milk. So to like repeat that succinctly, I'm introducing one more bottle. So now I'm only doing direct from breast twice a day, getting her used to someone else feeding her the bottle. That's been a transition. And then we're moving that nighttime feeding into formula. Okay. You are such an organized person. So it sounds like logistically you've got the plan. I'm winging it. I have no foundation to why I'm doing that. I'm just like, I don't know. Let's try this. Yep. (laughs) And it is exactly right. You know, if you start with four of something, you move to three of something, you move to two of something, and then you're done. That's pretty much how extended transitions work. Let's talk about the emotional component for just a second, because it's likely, and you've got to be ready for this, that she won't want to take the bottle from you, even if there is breast milk in it. She is, it's funny you say that because I've been the last like three weeks a little bit more emotional and I've been taking over half of the nighttime feeding from my husband, selfishly, very selfishly. And she, she will drink some of it. And then at one point she'll like flip over and try to try to go for the teat, but she is taking it from me, which is helpful. So I don't know if eventually I completely eliminate the boobs, if that's, she's going to have resistance there, but I think we're very lucky that she's receptive to the bottle. That's fantastic. So that's one thing we know about her that is in your favor, which is great. The other thing, and we haven't talked about this, is that you are very close to not a breast milk or and hybrid to formula. You're very close to a breast and regular milk or formula and regular milk hybrid. So if this transition aligns right with her one-year birthday, where she is supposed to be moving to a different type of intake, that really could work in your favor too, because it disconnects what she's expecting. And there's this new thing on her tongue, and you can add a new plan to a new thing. Okay. Yeah. That's been, so we started trying with food. We started trying introducing food around six months and she is very slow to take in the past month. She's been doing better. And so her feeding routine is breast when she wakes up, then like an hour later, she does some food and then breast and then food and then breast and then food and then bottle. So we've been starting to get her to try to eat more, more food as well for our doctor's advice. And I I have noticed that has definitely weaned back my supply. I will say too, I am still pumping even if she's not drinking. So that's one thing I haven't weaned yet. I haven't stopped with that bottle replacement. I'm still pumping it. I don't actually even know how long, like how long does, maybe that's a question for you. If I were to just cold turkey today, how long would my body make milk? Well, it is directly correlated to being triggered to produce milk. So if she continues on your breast twice a day, then what you need for those two times a day will show up and that's about it. It's crazy. We have cool bodies. (laughs) We have very cool bodies. Yeah. So in that conversation about food, you bring up something really important, which is the more food intake the more nutrition she's getting from the whole foods, the less milk she's actually needing to drink in a 24-hour period. Which I'm always like, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. She's only eating certain foods right now. So I do worry about making sure 
because she's becoming picky that the more she eats food and gets less full from milk that she is getting the right nutrients. Like she loves, the girl loves bread and peanut butter right now, but hates fruit. So I want to make sure in this transition, she is getting everything that she needs. And that's kind of hard to fully know on my end. Absolutely. So the transition will be like the one-year-old transition, age-related. If you are no longer producing milk, it's not going to be formula. It's going to be whole milk. Really? Okay. That she's consuming. So kids who are formula fed from day one, 12 months makes people do a happy dance because instead of buying liquid gold every month, they can now buy organic whole milk or whatever they like off the shelf. And that is their child's calcium. That, that's their food. That's their supplement to the whole food that they're consuming on the table. So that's why I say you have a really great opportunity here okay. to start doing. So if you think about a full bottle and if you start at 75% and 25% and you've been doing some of this homogenous blending, right? Yeah. So if you start with 75% what you've been doing and 25% whole milk, and then you move to 50-50, and then you go the other way, 25-75, now you have a child who is consuming her one-year-old whole milk, and you've weaned, you no longer are producing anything, and you don't need formula. I am curious, milk and dairy is something I've heard a lot of split advice from, not just from my own research, but even from doctors. So we had a insurance switch around her four-month mark. And the doctors she was seeing prior to the four-month mark with that insurance were very anti-dairy in general, not even for that age, but talked about all the, the bad parts of dairy, which, you know, we were all raised on dairy. So I was like, okay, now our doctors are like pro-dairy. So I'm left as a parent feeling very confused on what is and isn't the right dairy answer. <laughs> Well, I am going to defer to your clinicians in this one, right? You know, okay. I am not a doctor, okay. but I have raised more kids than I can count. And I would say, follow her, right? Some kids really do not process it well, a lot more than used to not process it well. So when you start the transition, just pay attention, but if she's been tolerating the formula, then my guess is she's going to tolerate the milk no problem. Unless, were you on, on one of those like super special formulas? It is a healthy, it's not soy, but it's <laughs> anti-allergenic. I'm going to have to look on that. Yeah. So keep that in the back of your mind. And before you start the transition, just call your pediatrician and say, this is what we're going to do because we're moving to this new way of eating. Yeah. You know that she doesn't do a ton of table food yet. And we want to make sure she's still getting all the nutrition she needs from her liquid diet. Should we go ahead and just start with the whole milk? Or is there something that you would recommend that we do in the interim? That's great advice. I'm going to message them today. Yeah. And then one of the things about transitions with kids, and I know we started this conversation about transitions for you, right? Your physical body and what's, but one of the things about transitions for kids is we want to minimize how many we're doing at one time. So if the transition is the quality of the liquid, whatever that is, your pediatrician will also probably tell you 12 months old, no more bottle, full stop. 
And there's lots of reasons they say that, but we're practicing following her and being flexible, knowing that this is a lot of transition for her at once. Yeah. So you can go ahead and do the switch to whatever milk ends up being the choice over a period of a couple weeks with a bottle, then start the transition from the bottle to the cup. Now that she's familiar with what's going to be in there. Oh man. I, yeah, I, I definitely think the emotional side is the hang up for me because it's happening. It's here. It's been like, Oh, that one year has been far. You know, when I made it to six months, I was like, Oh, I'll go to eight months. And then when I made it to eight months, I'm like, well, at this point I, I should go for a year. And it always was far out. And now that it's here, there's like a lot coming up for me, but I know logistically I will really appreciate not doing it. And I think there'll be a lot more stress in my life if I don't do this, considering our upcoming work and travel plans. But yeah, I want her. It's a bomb that's hard to let go. Yes. All right. I want to, I want to follow that path for a second, but I want to give you one more nugget of goodness in the logistics piece. A lot of kids really struggle to go from bottle to cup big time. They make tops for the bottle that mimic the top of a sippy cup. So they're holding the bottle, which feels right to them, but they have to manipulate their mouth differently to drink it because of the top. And that can often be a really helpful segue to an actual cup. Yeah, that's great. Exciting news. I wrote you a book. An ebook, and I recorded the audio version for you as well because you are busy, multitasking, mindful mamas. Grab your copy today of The Pandemic Mom's Guide to Preschool Readiness and anchor into the five executive functioning skills that your child needs to practice on the daily using you as a guide. It's so easy to do. I've built it so that it just naturally happens inside your day as you interact with your kids. And yes, each chapter is delivered to you one chapter a day to your email so that all you have to do is click and listen for a few minutes. It's easy, it's efficient, and it's effective. Let's raise some school and world ready kids. Just go to caraterrell.com backslash ebook. That's caraterrell, T-Y-R-R-E-L-L.com backslash ebook and grab your copy of the Pandemic Moms Preschool Readiness Guide today. All right, so let's dive into the emotion stuff now. What parts feel most important to you every time you feed and what feels like it's going to be the hardest to give up? I think it's, you spend, you know, nine months with your baby inside of you and then she comes out. And for those who continue to choose to breastfeed, it's almost like you're still very physically connected. She needs you to live and to survive. And so when I stop that, Now for the last year and a half, like this little human has needed me and now she does it anymore. It almost feels like a change in our relationship. And that's emotional. It's like what I imagine when she leaves for college will be emotional too. It's like, like her leaving in a sense. And I know that's healthy, but it, yeah, it makes me sad. It doesn't make it easier. Yeah. It does not. And you're absolutely right. 
that this continues to be true, right? The first day of preschool will be a highly emotional day for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, just your face right then, right? That was a really big emotional trigger of, I know that's going to be the right answer for her because she'll be developmentally ready to take that on, but yeah. it's going to be hard to watch her do it away from me. So one thing that you could start now is creating rituals that are just yours and hers. There's a word that's escaping me and hopefully it will come up as I continue to talk. Traditions, right? That these are like rites of passage traditions for the the two of you. And physical connection is a big one with breastfeeding. So if you can build in a couple times a day that are physical connection times, not skin to skin anymore, because that's going to be something that is her rite of passage to move on from, but whether it is back into the rocking chair every day at the same time to read her favorite book, and there's that physical connection. What's something else that comes up for you while I'm saying that? All the things I need to let go of, Um, but a potential positive ritual. We have some existing, like Fridays are her and my day. I could probably read, she loves books. I could probably make a ritual around books. We have stroller walks together that we do when it's not pouring rain. So we have some of those that are are in place that her and I have. Yeah, so those come to mind. Yeah, because it's about replacing the emotional experience of connection. Yeah. And when you get that fed to you, then it's not so important. You know, you're able to let go of the thing that you're moving away from. I had an experience yesterday. It's been snowing here like crazy in Vermont at the time of this recording. And my kiddo had two snow days in a row. Now she's a senior in high school and she was my Velcro child. She was totally clinging to me, connection at all times. And now she's an independent adult. But yesterday I was able to tap into that emotional connected experience by playing um, Skippo, by playing a card game together and laughing and enjoying and just really owning that space and time as just ours. So that is the transition that it's just the two of you and you get fed that emotional boost that you need. And the great part is she's going to feed it to you in spades because of the smiles and the giggles and the big open armed hugs, that dopamine that we need, she'll provide it for you. Yeah. You know, what I'm thinking right now is because I don't want to take away my husband's nightly routine with her. Maybe I can create that first bottle feeding a moment around the first bottle feeding of the day. Um, That feels more special. So that's something I can, I can start to play with in the next week or so. Yeah. And then, so if you do that and he's got the evening and you've got the middle of the day and there's a nanny and right, the logistical piece again, when that beginning of the day transitions out of a bottle, because she won't always have milk first thing in the morning. Yeah. It happens a lot faster than you think, especially as she starts increasing her consumption of food. Her first food of the day will be breakfast. Right. And she'll have her cup of milk with having her breakfast. The second year of firsts is unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) That early morning connection time 
and still be there. Yeah. Just about something else. This is parenthood, right? Yeah. I know it's a never, there's always going to be something for sure. So I think that gives me a next step, at least for the next couple of weeks. I really appreciate that. And it's just one of those things in life that you have to do. I like what you said. It's her rite of passage that really stood out to me because I think it's me empowering her. And that's something I really believe in at my core in my profession as well. So I think I need to remind myself of that lens too. Yeah. You're not losing anything. You're celebrating really a huge mile marker and a huge achievement Yeah, of giving her the very best start to life that you had the ability to do. And you're just moving on up to that next level. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping me have that perspective. You're so welcome. That is what I'm here for. I really hope that all of you listening found something in this that you can dig deep into too. You may not be transitioning from breastfeeding, but there are every single moment in your day where you need to empower your child to allow them to try things that they get to do because they're old enough and it's a rite of passage. Thank you, Lexi. I really appreciate you being here and sharing with everybody. And I'd love to hear how this goes for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for holding space and for your guidance. Thank you, Mama, for making time for yourself and prioritizing your parenting, listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.